0: There we are. You know, uh, you always think in the like uh, 11 years that I've been up here teaching, uh, which Sunday is it that I'm going to show up and I'm not going to want to teach? Today's the day. I'm prepared. But I'd rather hear from you. It's just where I am today. And it's okay. If you're a guest with us today, sorry, I don't know what you were expecting, but uh, I don't know what I'm expecting today either. So uh, I think the way that I want to see it break out is as I, I was riding down to the, the hospital uh, last night, I was thinking, I really don't want to do this in the morning, but. Uh I think I'd just like for you to read some scripture first of all. If you can just figure out what that is this morning. And th- you you
1: realize
0: <laughs> you realize this is the way that church was done, right? It wasn't it wasn't somebody getting up here and pontificating on God's word when all they had was the law back then uh the Torah, but they literally just got in their houses and they said, This is what God's done this week. And that's that was church them just being being that. So today that's what this is. We're gonna start with you reading scripture, but I'll give you a few minutes to uh figure what that is. Um you don't have to deliver a sermon. <laughs> Don't feel like you have to fill the spot or anything like that, but uh, we're just going to start with scripture for a little bit and then uh where did Angeline Cameron go? I saw him walk in right here, sir. oh, you're right here in the front, and you're losing weight. What's up with that? one of you on, we'll yeah <laughs> uh one of you want to give a report real quick and come up here. <coughs> And that if you uh, not on the Facebook group, basically we had a little emergency run last night. Actually, happened about yesterday morning, but um, I didn't give a lot of details on Facebook. But this is Angela Ellison. She's one of our Fishers police. Her husband Cameron, son Ike, right here as well. Cameron's also police with Fishers. But uh, just fill us in a little bit about what happened with Ben and Mary and what the situation is now.
2: Yesterday around 11 o'clock Ben Dennis and his wife Mary took their normal every other weekend trip to Brown County and Ben lost control of his motorcycle. Mary was ejected from the bike. Ben rode the bike into a tree. Um, Severe brain and spinal cord damage uh, last night. So he was airlifted <clears throat> to Methodist from Brown County. Mary was taken to Columbus Hospital with pretty bad road rash. Um then she was finally transported to Methodist to be with Ben. And uh, we were there last night until like <clears throat> midnight cool. and they had finally done surgery on him because um swelling on the brain was causing neurological difficulty um that they could see immediately. I'm not a doctor, and I don't play one on TV, so I'm not going to get all this correct, but um, they did take a um, bone flap. Is that right, Josh? And to allow for the swelling. Uh, We were able to see him last night, and he wasn't responding to us, but um, we left around midnight and got a report at 4 this morning that he had responded some yes and no's with uh, some nods and different things. Maybe some toe wiggling, but they weren't sure yet if that was from spasm or if that was actually intentional. But either way, um, there were some responses from him. And Mary was then readmitted to the ER Methodist. Uh, I think she was just incredibly overcome and dehydrated. So they got her back into some decent shape, and then she was able to see Ben. Um, we were all able, to, Rusty and Cameron and I were able to see him last night before we went home, and um, just reassuring that. He had some great care um, being given to him, and um, he's going to have police officers there around the clock um, to help the family and help Mary and um, be supportive of the staff and, of course, Ben.
0: Yeah, appreciate that. So we're praying for uh, Ben Dennis and his wife, Mary. Mary's, uh, Mary was ejected and just as a road rash. Really lost the skin on her leg and on her arm, and tumbled on the other side as well, scraped up pretty good, but they did release her so there's an extent there's extensive injuries to Ben that they won't know until they do the MRI later but um, they're really praying for the the there was a t eight fracture as well, and so they're praying that paralysis is not part of the issue, so just be praying for him so uh, we'll cover him and Mary this morning as well and the Fishers Police because it is a family so uh, anything else we need to pray about this morning while we're doing that anything of concern or yeah Michelle
1: yeah
0: Bart's uh, second oldest, Gracie, in the last couple of months. I guess this is her second seizure. Uh, so, and he's obviously on the road today. He'll be home probably late tonight or tomorrow morning. But um, Shannon's there with the kids in Nashville. Just be preparing for Gracie. Yeah. Um,
3: David and Judy County
4: Sheriff's Chaplain.
0: Yeah. Really? David Parks, Hamilton County Chaplain, suddenly Hamilton County Sheriff's Department suddenly passed away this week. Anybody else? Scott, can you pray for us back there in the back?
3: Uh, be with this uh, couple at the hospital Um, and be with uh, the gentleman that was riding riding the motorcycle there and uh, also be with the family of this uh, chaplain that uh, passed away and uh, Lord we just love you so much and uh, I'm so very thankful that you sent your son to die on the cross for me and everyone in this room
0: Amen. Thank you. I don't know of too many places that would have the ability to do what we're getting ready to do right here. Just kind of like leave it up to, to you to uh, share this morning, but I, I trust the Lord in you, which is a good thing. And, um, I'm kind of excited about what's about to happen. But let's just start with some reading of Scripture. If anybody's got some passage of Scripture that they would like to share, you're welcome to either come up here and read it up here or be loud enough to read it where you are, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, come on up, Dave. This is my friend Dave Otoff. He's a good man.
5: So I couldn't wait to get up here and share this verse. It was on my heart. I was hoping Rusty would see me wave my hand. He did, so that's good. So if you can I don't think I know it by heart. Philippians four, six and seven. Those are those are my favorite. It seems like at our family we're always stressing out over something. There's always a panic attack about issues and situations. And and this one here is, this verse here is is just so awesome. Meditating on it really has saved my sanity over the years. So I just want to share it with you. Is it up on the screen yet? I can't see it. Philippians 4. I don't have, okay, yeah. What's that? So I got I got readers in my Okay. Philippians 4. Okay. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in jesus christ
0: that was the coolest bible reading i've ever heard <laughs> Let's
3: see yeah
4: yeah Hello, everyone. I just wanted to share a story that. Oh, thank you, Rusty. Um, one thing that I travel uh, quite a bit, and I get inside of a pressurized beer can at forty thousand feet, going five hundred miles an hour, and it gives me a lot of time to pray and think. I mean, that's—I don't listen to music. I normally just read my Bible a lot. But anyways, I just wanted to share a story that I read this week. It's one of my favorite stories about Jesus. He's been uh, resurrected now, and his disciples are kind of, you know, they're bumming. He's not around anymore. And so this is uh, the story of uh, him making them breakfast, because that's my favorite meal of the day. So Um, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. I mean, these were fishermen. They were probably really kind of sad and lonely, so let's go fishing, kind of as guys do. And they said, uh, we'll go out with you. So they went out and immediately got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Uh, but then that morning uh, had come, and Jesus stood on the shore uh, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Which kind of reminds me again of what a guy would do, you know. Hey, you guys got any fish? And they'd go you know, back, No, we haven't caught anything. So throw a net on the other side of the boat. And you'll find some. So they did. They cast the boat. And now they're able to draw the fish in. Because of the multiple fish... It was uh, such a large catch. Therefore, the disciple who loved um, uh, Jesus' love said to Peter, uh, Peter was like, it's the Lord. And then uh, Simon heard Peter that it was the Lord. And he put on his outer garment because he must have been uh, sunbathing. Um, and he uh, jumped into the sea. But on the, and the other disciples, they came in the little boat, for they were not far uh, from land, but had about uh, 200 cubits. Uh, it's about 100 yards. And the dragging with them the net of fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw there was a fire of coals uh, and fish uh, and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have caught. And Simon Peter went up and dragged the net of, uh, to land full of the large fish, 153. And that number kind of stood out to me. That I mean, there were so many fish. They actually somebody went back and said, "We got to count these." I mean, you know, there's 153. So um, again, it just speaks to Jesus' just just amazing generous nature. Um, You know, it wasn't just a lot of fish; it was 153. Similar to the wine that he made, they estimated that it was um, just gallons and gallons, those jugs that he made. Anyways, so Simon Peter went up and dragged the net of land uh, full of fish, 153. And although there were so many that the net was not broken, and Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast, yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord, Jesus then came, took the bread, gave it to them, and likewise uh, the fish. And this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So this story, again, reminded me that Uh, jesus wasn't just here for just a flash a poof uh, to these guys He appeared to them multiple times and he also showed kind of his comic nature i thought of when he was walking along the road and they're talking to him and they were like wow what's going on and you're like did you not hear what's going on in in jerusalem where have you been and he's like no tell me about him so they walked along the road and night came and he was going to continue walking along the road and they said no come stay with us and uh, he sat down with them and he broke the bread. And then they're like, it's Jesus. And then, poof, he was gone. I mean, he's just, he's just kind of like a guy. You know how guys would yell from the shore, you got any fish? You know. So anyways, my Jesus is just an amazing, uh, amazing to me. And uh, his generosity uh, just pours over every day in my life. Mm. And I just pray that he's pouring out himself uh, in your lives. And uh, that you recognize that generosity. Although we're hurting in so many ways, he's blessing us as well. Yeah, right on. Kevin. Thanks, Russ. Thank you.
0: Appreciate that. You know, uh, you guys were there in April because we, when we actually were, a group of us were there in Israel, we were standing right there on that very shore. It was one of the few places where our guide said, this is absolutely the place where Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection and uh, we shot live from there back here to to Levner that day so you've actually seen the shoreline there so it's a pretty cool story somebody else let me drop this down for you
2: introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Maddie Hayward. Um, I'm Chad and Michelle Haywards, and I am a sophomore at Indiana Westland right now. So I'm reading from 2 Corinthians three sixteen to 18. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, since we have this ministry, because we were shown mercy, we do not give up.
0: Amen. Uh, Before we go on, I'll just camp out there for a little bit. Maybe hear from some of you that that veil's been removed and you're starting to experience your freedom in Christ. You know, the veil I'm talking about is like probably religion, not necessarily uh, the sinful nature. I think most of the people in here are probably believers, and sinful nature has been eradicated from us. But you're, I'd say the majority of us probably came into this thing in a religious sense. But even since then, they've, you've come to a different place. So if you could speak on your freedom in Christ maybe for a few minutes. I'm okay with awkward silence, by the way. Romans eight one. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really?
3: Peter 2, as God's slaves, live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a way to conceal evil. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and it even says, honor the emperor. It's kind of tough to do in this age, isn't it? But there it is. Um, Silence, the ignorance, of foolish people by doing good. I think I
0: just preached to them. Yeah, you can take that, Chad, and you can say, do these, do that, but there's really only one way to do it, and that's just uh, pursuing the Spirit. I think if you pursue the Spirit, those things pretty naturally happen. It's good stuff. But sometimes you just need to be told. Just need to be reminded.
3: So freedom looks like this to me. Um, Friday mornings, I get up at, 6 a- at 5 a.m. to go to a Bible study, hang out with a bunch of guys, and learn about Jesus through them. Also, last night at my house, there was a bunch of guys at my house We were watching UFC. I know it's fight night, but. It was just hanging out with guys and fellowshiping with them, and that's what freedom looks like. And hanging out with other believers and have have things in common with myself with them, and just having casual conversations with people. Taking my grandson to hang out with Josh at a fire station because my grandson wants to be a firefighter one day. That's, that's what freedom looks like. And, and I would have never known Josh if I didn't, if I wasn't in, in Christ. You know, a lot of people in this room. Well, one of my life verses is Galatians 2.20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave, myself, gave himself up for me. That verse right there is... Where
0: it's at, and uh, so I can camp there all day. Yep. Coming up here. I know I don't need it, but <laughs> this is Robert Robert Baldonado, our resident hippie. <laughs> hey guys, Jesus lover. <laughs> good guy
6: <clears throat> kind of tagging on to his life verse my life verse is uh, John fifteen thirteen. greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends um, and then it goes on into verse 14 and 15 <clears throat> excuse me you are my friends if you do whatever I command you no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing but I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I've made known to you the whole uh, chapter in general, I think, is really awesome. But um, verse 13, mainly my life verses. Um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Now I'm drawing a blank. It's all good.
0: I do it every Sunday. That's true.
6: Oh, about uh, being friends, him, us being his friends and whatnot. It's not that, you know, he, he gave his life for us. He came here, didn't have to do anything he did. And to... Uh, to have Jesus say to us specifically that we're his friends um, when I was going through my I hate God stage or whatever you want to call it when I was younger uh, that verse kind of kept popping out to me and then I realized I should probably read past just the, the life verse and get to the rest of it and when it when I really started studying the part about Him being or us being his friend and him dying for us because he loved us not because he had to or because this side or the other because he wanted to it really helped me come back and start realizing that I'm a sinner and I don't really hate God as much as I thought I did or at all. So that's my piece. That's, well, what, I, what is it that actually brought you back? The, his love, him showing me through that verse and in my life that even though I want to play, I hate God. He's, he was still there. He still cared for me. He was still my friend. Um, so mainly the friendship. Friendship. Seeing that it was a, like you were saying, it's not the religion, um, it's the relationship. I was stuck on the religious aspect of, well, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to go to church and I have to be a good person when I sat down and realized I just have to be friends with Jesus. And that's really, you know, his friendship is what brought me back, I guess I'd say. That's
0: a good answer. <laughs> They're getting comfortable with the presentation software back there. You want to come up here, Rob? Thanks, Rob. Come up here, Rob, thanks.
7: I'll make you real uncomfortable. I didn't think I need to use the mic, because I've been told many times for anybody that's been in a sporting event with me that my voice carries. So um,
0: when you're yelling at the refs?
7: Well, that ain't, that sometimes happens. <laughs> um, I'll try to make this uh, brief. Uh, I've been a Christian for about 45 years, and um, I would say the last two years that veil has been lifted. Um, you know, I grew up in a very Christian uh, household, very Christian family, but unfortunately it was all based on works. Um, and... Um, For the last about 10 years, I've been going to a Bible study on Friday mornings, my second one. I hang out with Scott and and Luke and a few other guys, Mike. Um, And then I go to a Bible study that has uh, two pastors, two former pastors in it. And uh, one of them has been going through a tremendous struggle for the past couple years. Uh, He was let go by the church that he started 18 years ago. And um, going through the Roman study, has helped me a lot, and I've been praying a lot on how to speak to a guy that constantly wants to challenge me, that's been through seminary. And um, we talked about the Bill Hybels situation a couple weeks ago, and um, I thought, uh, I went to a thing called the Global Leadership Summit, and I thought it was unfortunate that they didn't tie that back to forgiveness. I thought that they had an opportunity to do that, and they were speaking on a world stage, and they didn't do that. And so uh, my friend was saying how, well, he hasn't confessed, so he's not forgiven. And I said, really? I said, so if he dies right now, he's not going to heaven. And he said, no, he's going to heaven. I said, well, how? There's no sin in heaven. So I would have never been able to come up on that on my own. That was absolutely the Holy Spirit speaking through me. And then uh, for those of you that were here last week, you heard uh, Keith uh, talking about how he encouraged me last Friday. So again, meeting with that same group um, and this pastor who cannot let go of the animosity um, from the previous church. He just can't let it go. And we were studying 1 John, ironically the the disciple whom Jesus loved who always talks about love. And um, so when uh, we were talking... And immediately he went into his, uh, sorry, seminary speech and started talking about the Greek and the Hebrew and started breaking that out. And I know it was a way to try to intimidate me. And I had been praying the night before for the right words. They weren't coming. And then Keith walked in, just came up, shook my hand, gave me a hug, and went out and sat and had his coffee. And then it was like everything started coming out of my mouth. And uh, my friends started crying because all I was talking about was love. I said, "If you guys take that, take everything out of that situation and just love each other, that's that's all you need to do, and it will. The rest of that stuff will go away." So, um, I would just say that's what God has been doing through me, the Spirit working through me, and I hope it continues. It's
0: good stuff. Thank you, Rob. Oh, here goes the rest of our time. I said no sermons. You have 45 seconds. 45 seconds. Now
8: 40. This. Man. 30 seconds. Better hurry. You better go get some guys to help. Pull me off of this. Um, It's interesting. I could come up, my hand's always up. Like, I don't know why. I just am comfortable doing exactly what I'm doing right now. You know, we we come up here, uh, or you come here every Sunday. We have guys uh, testifying, women testifying about Christ. What's the point? Why are we here? And how is it relevant? And when this veil that has been lifted that he, that that we keep hearing about you know exactly why and so you come here because you can and, the, and because you want to because if you get around people that in the same situation you are encouraged no matter what the circumstance and I, I, I find it I, the, amusing is a horrible thing but almost ironic or worldly uh, 100% guarantee that when there are prayer requests, there are always people that have gone through serious struggle and suffering down here. Cancer comes up every week in prayer requests. And we know that. It's been that way for years. There's always accidents. There's always uncertainty. And then when that uncertainty takes on reality, people suffer. And you either have this mystery or you don't when that suffering comes. You could have the mystery and and not think about it or you'd not really realize it because the veil is over your face because of all the emotions. And then you're stuck in your pain and the tension of not knowing why or arguing or continued frustration. Anyway, this, this veil is huge. So, First Colossians or I'm sorry Colossians I get excited um, this is this is this veil thing what, it's a mystery Colossians 1.6 therefore as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord walk in him that's not the one sorry One twenty seven. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles I think you're all Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery which is Christ in you the hope of glory This mystery was revealed to me a few years after I'd become a born-again new creation, a Christian, in college. And once the mystery was lifted in 1995, I started maturing in it. And it has been a process that my wife could easily tell you about, of, of failure, of trying to live in the mystery and then succumbing to the tension of the worldly stuff. So just, I'm getting on Rob over there because Rob and I coached football together, and he was a nemesis. He was my my opponent, and he does things a lot different than I do. (laughs) He's command and control. So he calls the offense, the defense, the special teams. He does it all because he can control it. And when I'd see him coach, I'd be like, oh my gosh, how do I even compete with that? Where'd you come from? Well, I came from West Point. (laughs) Intimidation would not be a word that would fit. It was kind of beyond that. But in the midst of that, I had this mystery. So with all this discipline and all this intimidation... I had an overwhelming attraction of love for this man. I mean, it's, it didn't make sense. And I almost, I just went with it. So he's out commanding and controlling, and God would put us together. And I would walk up, and I would hug him in such an uncomfortable fashion. <laughs> I would press my ear against his chest. A lot like, yeah. A lot like John would do to Jesus. I mean, you really love him. And he would always say, in, in annoyance, didn't your dad love you enough? <laughs> and ironically, it was true. He didn't. You know, so I was like, well, I don't care. It still feels good. So... But we... It, there's a string tied. There, there always has been. And... In one of the, the games, we got a chance to coach together. That's where we really kind of connected in. I was, I was sub, submissive because, because I was an assistant coach. So I'm just going with command and control. And so, he's a, he's, like he said, he's been a Christian, but he's, that veil thing was a little you know where it was. So he would pray, God, word for, these are quotes. This is exactly how it was worded. Help us kick the crap out of these guys. That was a prayer, and God, I said, that's funny that you prayed it like that. I'm like, what? He says, hey, pray what you want. I heard that, you pray what you want. And he was, I'm like, okay, let pray what I want. Anyway, God brought us back together, because the tension of reality and discipline and control, the things that, that are an illusion, eventually break down. And when they break down, the only thing that matters is this mystery Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when you give into that mystery, when you find it, everything changes. These, this cancer business, this tragic, tragedy business, this thing that, that the world offers, which is uncertainty, the thing you worry about, I hope it doesn't strike my family, I hope it doesn't happen to me, this fear that drives. That uncertainty is this big compared to this mystery, which is this big. I could go on for an hour. I really could. Yeah, thanks. I got some scripture here. So when he said he wasn't preaching today, I was like, this is my chance. Here
0: comes, here comes Rob to save me. You got like five seconds before Rob takes you off the stage.
8: Okay. Anyway, brother, right, move him I, on. I
0: love you. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of awkward huggers. Let me introduce you to Rob great. Bell. <laughs> there's something about the Le- there's something about the Levener dudes that's just like different. It's, trust me.
9: So uh, where's Matt Tully? Yeah, that's a good question. So I always heard Matt share this one, and I love this one. This was always like my life verse. See, this was um, this was when the dad took his mute son um at the at the foot of jesus and the verse was uh, was mark nine twenty four. And in the preface it it says uh jesus says to him how how long has he been like this foaming at the mouth and he says from childhood and many times has thrown him into fire and water to destroy him but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us and jesus said to him if you can everything is possible to those to the one that believes and this was the verse I always like immediately the father boy cried out, "I do believe, help my unbelief I believe, help my unbelief And I always love that one because on the big stuff, I believe all that stuff like i that's that's not a problem but but when faced with that big mystery faced with uh, getting stressed out, that's where I need help with that part of believing. So that was the one is, I always loved. Is
0: that your word? Trust?
9: Yeah, for sure. It's a big one.
0: Yeah. That's uh, that's Rob's deal is just trusting. We all struggle with that, right?
9: Yeah, it's tough.
0: It's good work. Appreciate that.
9: So kind of like where uh, the guy before Abraham Lincoln spoke for like two hours, like what Luke did and Abraham, Abraham Lincoln comes and Talks for five minutes and gives the Gaysburg address. Um, that's it.
0: <laughs> like it, like it. Way to go, Iron Man! You know, if you shower, those numbers will come off your legs from last week. Oh,
10: ben, man. Uh-oh. Iron Man! It's awesome. Yeah,
0: Basically. he did the Iron Man in Maryland last week, and uh, it's crazy.
9: Took him uh, fourteen hours. The um, the coolest part of that was. Uh, before the race started it's early in the morning and, uh, and this guy that's standing next to me next to our bikes and all that stuff and I mean he's just he's stressed you know and I don't know how it came up but I just uh, asked him if he was a believer and he said yeah absolutely I said man well let's let's pray together and um, soon prayed for you know God to remove the anxiousness and he sent me a message um, saying I don't know if this is you or not but you know I just want you to know that Man, thank you so much because I helped. And uh, that was the best part, you know, to be able to be in that situation, just be able to help somebody else out. Right
0: on, man. It's good stuff.
10: This is weird. Um, so I'm going to share, and uh, I'm sad today and that sucks because I don't like to be sad and we're doing this thing and it's unplanned and unusual and at Mercy Me this week Bart made a statement about he had this conversation with this guy and uh, I don't know the veil started to get lifted And I think of the veil kind of like my comforter at home in bed. Uh, It got lifted back in 2008 for me. And um, at some point in time between now and then, I pulled that cover back up because life got a little rough. And then, somebody said something, and I remembered, Hey, that's not who you are. And uh, you've got this incredible spirit living inside of you, and you don't have to walk like that. So, I pulled the covers back down and came back out and decided to hang out for a little while. But then life gets uncomfortable, and... You know, you you pull that comforter back up, but for some reason, the Holy Spirit keeps saying, "Hey, you you don't need that blanket. You don't need to hide who you are, because that's who I made you to be." So I'm sad today, and I can tell you that I'm sad today because I am, and it sucks. But it's where I'm at, and there are a lot of reasons why I'm sad, but as I started to think about why I was sad, I remember this 16-year-old kid who accepted Christ in this church with this Indian pastor that most of the sermon I couldn't understand because he talked so fast, and he had this really funny accent. Oscar was his name. And at the end of every sermon, he used to recite this phrase. It was a Methodist church, and they follow programs a little bit more than what we do here. And so he would read this passage, but he didn't read it, he just knew it. And it always struck me as this point that I wanted to get to. And it's out of Numbers. Number 6, 22, and he wouldn't read this first part, but I will, because it said, the Lord spoke to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons how you are to bless the Israelites, and say to them, and this is what he would say, he would say, may God bless you and protect you, may God make his face shine on you and be gracious to you, may God look with favor on you and give you peace, and, uh. At 16 and into my 20s and even today sometimes when I've pulled that comforter back over my face, I think to myself when is when's that blessing going to come? And on mornings like today when I'm sad, I think I sit and I ask myself, when's that blessing going to come? And then I realize that I already have it. It lives inside of me. It wakes me up every day. It gets me the opportunity to spend time with my kids and my wife and my friends. And, uh, and then I'm not so sad because the reality is, is I don't have anything to worry about. My footsteps are already planned and the journey's already laid out and the more i stress about it the more i struggle with it the less joy i have and so i don't know why but i do it still maybe um because it's a comfort thing maybe because it's my flesh but the reality is i don't need it and so be blessed
0: mm-hmm. thank you It's good uh don't forget what Mike Donnelly said before Bart. he's like sometimes your emotions lie to you, so you have to know the truth. you have to know the Word of God because emotions can like <laughs> they can greatly impact you, but if you know the Word of God, it can greatly impact your emotions. so which game do you want to play? Let your emotions impact you or The word of God impact your emotions. It's good. Bells. Yo, Nate. Grab that handle, that big hand. That's good. That'll work.
1: So, I'm just gonna throw the veil thing out the window. Just, yeah, yeah. So... How old are you? Yeah, so... How old there's are you? There's so many wonderful things in the universe. Like, there's things close, there's things far, like family and the stars. There's just... God doesn't even have a brain. He just has a heart. Keeps everything in there. Just shows how powerful and how forgiving He is. And I'm just proud to know you guys and... Just to... Have such a wonderful community around me and for everyone to have such a wonderful community around them. You got some competition,
0: Luke. <laughs> <laughs> he just trumped everything you said. <laughs> I <can do> better. <laughs> Next time <laughs> Here comes all now you're in trouble
1: (laughs) okay sorry this is (laughs) gin well if he can have the courage to come up I can too And this has been a life verse for me for a long long time sometimes I lose sight of it Um, and even though I'm a teacher and I'm up in front of everybody all the time this is sorry I know I don't talk loud enough Um, even though I'm a teacher and I'm in front of people all the time this is out of my norm Um, but Zephaniah 3.17 uh, says Yahweh your God is among you a warrior who saves you he will rejoice over you with gladness which is hard to remember sometimes Um, he will bring you quietness with his love he will delight in you with shouts of joy The quietness piece, I think, is something that we're all lacking a lot. Um, There's so much coming at us uh, from a media standpoint, just from a world standpoint, Um, and then even in our own heads when the enemy is just dropping things in and playing with us um, and remembering that he has the power with that big old heart that he has um, to quiet us with his love. It's a big deal for me.
0: Good stuff. All right. Um, I finish with this I'll let you answer this question I'm a ter- sometimes I'm a terrible pastor uh, I got this text on Thursday and I haven't responded to it probably because I've been thinking about it but uh, how do you trust that God is good all the time when things seem to be getting tighter and tighter and worse and worse and it looks like I will lose everything even though I'm working my tail off and seeking Him, and with seemingly no response, somebody want to answer that text for me? One step at a time. I heard one step at a time. Trust. Trust. You read that yeah. How do you trust that God is good all the time When things seem to be getting tighter and tighter And worse and worse And it looks like I will lose everything Even though I'm working my tail off And seeking him with seemingly no response Sometimes the responses are so little We're waiting so big and We don't see the small response Troy says Sometimes the responses are so little That we're looking for a big response and we don't see the little responses
3: sometimes God says yes sometimes
4: he says no and sometimes he says wait and be at peace because there have been times in my life where I thought God had left me and I felt just completely alone But then I can see myself now and where I'm at, and I realize I had to go through that time to be where I am now. Mm -hmm. And that without that difficult time, I wouldn't have the blessings that I have
0: now. That's a long text to type. (laughs) That's good. I
10: didn't send you that text. Yeah. Proverbs 3 and 5.
3: God gave me that verse in 1982. I never understood until 2012 after I went through what that what attempts to describe right there. And now I understand it. Trust in God's power your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. That's
0: a good word, Dan. Uh, I think at some point almost all of us could have sent that text.
3: I always think about, like, when I hear stuff like that, that the more I tried to be in control, the further I went away from God. And it took a long time for me to just figure out. Sometimes
5: I just need to rest No.
0: Yeah. He's talking about Josh. Is talking about uh, typically when you send a text like that, it's because you're trying to control the situation. And if you figure out at some point that doesn't work, that it really is trusting and just resting and probably seeing, seeing what God's doing. Yeah, Danny. Yeah, Danny. Uh <laughs> oh. circumstances mm. don't circumstances don't determine God's business. It's a good one. Robert. I think when uh uh can't remember his Peter, when Peter was walking on the water
6: to Jesus and he started sinking. Uh the same situation. We feel like everything's following around us. The storm's going crazy. Jesus is standing there waiting for Come on, right here. And we want to start trying to do it on our own and that's when Peter kind of starts sinking in the water and kind of losing his faith, I guess. Me and me just believing and having faith that no matter what it is, it's God that
3: allows us. It's Jesus that makes it capable and makes it possible.
0: Amen. I'm going to say this uh, as we close. I can learn from uh, kids. I do learn from kids, just watching little kids. And I hope that I learn from kids. I hope I learn from junior high kids. And and, uh, I learn from women as well learn and they teach and speak, and but I'm not a male chauvinist, but I do appreciate the fact that the men spoke up here this morning. I'm not saying that's better, I just know that uh, God is doing a great thing in the men in this room, and it encourages me. It encourages me greatly. That's, that's not normal what you saw today. And so this community is uh, special. And it's only because Christ is in us. And if it's anything other than that, then uh, we're in the wrong focus. So, Lord... Today your word was delivered just like you intended it to be. And it wasn't dependent upon any one person. I pray for trust in this room. I know there's um, many texts that could come that don't. And there's many hurting people in here. So we're going to pray for peace that we already have that we can just rest in that, that we can trust it. And know that you're alive and well and that you're moving among your people and that you are using these people in a mighty way. So thank you for today. Thank you for just letting us sit here in your presence and uh, reflect on all the incredible things that you've done in our lives already. And Lord, uh, I do pray for Ben right now. Just continue to heal his body. Give him movement in his lower extremities. We pray for healing. And just comfort that family today. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.